0: I know. Can you believe it? Hey, Fish, guess what? We are live. We have legendary comedian and country singer Gary Mueller, called by many, myself included, the world's funniest man. You know, Hardline's kind of funny, too. Plus, he has our prop bets on the Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA draft, and the second half of the baseball season. Plus, we're going to examine his great bet that he took on the U.S. Open. Heidi's Hollywood looks at the new streaming hit series, The Offer, that dives into the making of The Godfather. On the grind, we delve into the branding of athletes and actors. Is it hurting or helping? We'll also discuss a ruling that affects transgender swimmers around the world. Of course, we have our Schmuck of the Week, and we got Who's Got the Swag, along with our Drink of the Week. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Daily Fish. John Daly here with Eric Snyder, a.k.a. Fish. We are coast to coast coming to you from Las Vegas, where Fish is, and Myrtle Beach, where I am. We talk sports, entertainment, and everything in between. Fish, we got another good one tonight, buddy.
1: Yep. Hope everyone had a happy Father's Day. We always start out with a quote. We got a quote from John's friend, Charles Barkley. Read this one, John. You can read it.
0: Yeah. If, so, if somebody the- gave me 200, 200, $200 million, I'd kill a relative. Now, that was taken down really quickly, too, wasn't it? It was
1: taken down real quick. But he's right. You know, I, the, the controversy we could ever talk about with the LIB and golf, it brings a lot of attention to golf. But you know what? If someone offered me $200 million, I'd go. Bye.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, and Charles, uh, Charles, of course, is, can be a little controversial. We got to get him on the show sometime. I'm sure he'll explain that to us. Right. Hey, folks, questions or comments, drop it in the chat box. Or if you're not watching us live, email us at dailyfish, the number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right. It is time now for what we call the daily grind. Here's what we're grinding on. First, the Stanley Cup finals game three is coming up in a few hours. The NBA is done also. So, what do sports junkies do now? I mean, baseball, golf, cornhole, anything else? Fish, what, what do you think? Home Depot, honeydews,
1: <laughs> shopping for the wife. This is a two-month period where you do all that kind of stuff. I mean, look, I always say this. You're the big baseball guy, but if the baseball season goes to the full World Series, we're 10 weeks into the NFL season. 10 weeks. We'll Our, our predictions for the NFL, the teams that we think of win or lose, we we'll already know what they're doing by the time baseball has its final pitch. So I don't I don't get into that too much. Yeah, I'll watch the majors and what have you, but I, I do a lot of, uh, you're right, I'll do a lot of binge watching. I'll watch things and I, I keep up on a lot of things, so I binge it as it goes along. I know in July, Better Call Saul's dropping their final episodes. And we know we know one of our favorite alumni, it, 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 uh, the hardline has it at 82% is gonna be in there, and that's Brian Cranston. <laughs> and then Stranger Things dropped its final two episodes Yep. Uh, July 1st, I believe it is. So, yeah, we have a lot of things to do TV-wise, sports-wise. I don't get excited this time of year.
0: Well, I kind of agree with you. Uh, now, this weekend, I'm going to watch the Travelers Golf. Nobody else is going to do it. I watch it because I played in it. For me, it's a trip down memory lane. I covered it. So, uh,
1: That's I'm why no one
0: <laughs> What's that? That's why no one watches. You That's played true. It. That's, I was in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm going to keep my eye on baseball. Golf's march to the FedEx Cup and all that. And you know what? Training camps are going to open soon. So I'm going to start prepping before that. And before you know it, hockey and basketball is going to be back on. But uh, I'm definitely like you. I'm going to get caught up in the binge watching stuff. That's for sure. All right. Next on the grind, FINA, the swimming world's governing body voted to restrict transgender athletes in elite women's competitions. Now, The new policy requires transgender competitors to have completed their transition by age 12 in order to compete. Fish, give me your perspective.
1: Well, look, nothing against the transgender community, but how can you have a complete transition by by the age of 12? Your body's still growing until you're 21. So that's that's sort of a, a stab at saying, hey, you have to have this done. But it's mainly... Men that are turning in that, that want to become a woman, or they are a woman now and they have to change, but they still have a man's body, and it, it affects swimming and other sports. I don't have a problem. If they have a problem with it, you know, I I, I don't know. I I, have, I really don't have a take on this whole thing because the, the whole twelve by the age of twelve, John, it throws me off. Who I mean, if you're a, if you're a guy who has their penis and 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 breast and a vagina put on at twelve years old, that I don't think does any country sanction that. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I'm not certain that they do. And to me, you know, I there's really no answer to all this. This is this is so new. It's a real dilemma. I get why they're doing it to make competition more fair for the majority of women. Um, and we've seen, you know, some college transgender athletes win big in women swimming in the Ivy League. So yeah, we've kind of seen that. But to me, that twelve-year-old requirement—and this is exactly, I think, what you're talking about—to me, that's very tough. I think it's invasive, and some would say it's dangerous. Uh, the other thing is, I don't—I don't see men thinking I'm going to change my sex so I can be a winner in women's sports. I, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know, but uh, I would just say to folks, take a look and look at all the issues. Look at look at all the side because this is very complicated, and well, you know, we're not going to solve it here. That's for sure. <clears throat>
1: Final, final thought I don't see women changing the men to say, Hey, I want to be a pro wrestler. I don't right. see it. You know, they don't have this, look, they don't have this. They don't, I don't care what they say. I don't care if it's cancel culture. They don't have the same body compositions that we physically, do. physically, and masculine. everything. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, it's a, it's the same thing when you're, you, you know, if you're, if if a woman wanted to be on the PGA tour, um, you know, she couldn't hit from the tee boxes because it's, it's, it's a totally different, um, totally different launch angle, totally different distances and all that. So, but yeah, you're right. And it's, it's, this is a very complicated issue that, uh, you know, science is, uh, is, has caused for us really. All right. And finally on the grind, branding in sports and entertainment, athletes, actors, entertainers, and even broadcasters have their agents talk about their clients, brands, old school coaches in the NFL. I think some of them are having a hard time dealing with it. What gives fish?
1: Well, I'll mention the names. I I love the reality show that T.O. Terrell Owens and Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, had. They were asked a question. Would you rather have each 1,800-yard receiving and 12 touchdowns and get an, a great all your incentive bonuses and get a great new contract or win a Super Bowl? And they both looked at each other and smiled and said, don't ask us that question. That's yeah. the main thing nowadays. I mean, Ron Rivera took a quarterback's phone and threw it across the room. if They lost the game. But he threw three touchdown passes. I want to mention the guy guy's name because he recently passed away. And said, I'm trying to build my brand, Coach. I, I have a big problem with that. I have a big problem. And my grand – I told you this yesterday uh, today and this morning we were talking. My grandfather, Lenny, who died in 1983, said to me, son, you watch. You know, when you when you get older, there'll be guys making $50, $60 million guaranteed and for four or five years, and it's a lot easier to sleep when you have a bad game and knowing you're getting paid for five years and and you're set for life. I know guys want to win, John, but the building their brand in sports, you know, you build a brand, winning, win. You know, yeah. but here's the bigger problem. Guys like Johnny Manzel. You see guys like Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manzel, huge in endorsements, never won a damn thing. Okay. Yeah. When we were younger, and you you could you could attest to this, you only got endorsements if you won. If you were yeah. a Super Bowl winner, you won. You know, you ever saw Matt Stafford and there is a, you never saw Matthew Stafford in any commercials. Now he's with the Lily girl because he won a Super Bowl. That's the way right. it should be. That's yeah. Andy,
0: yeah. Well, it's not just the, it's not the wins so much now. It's the number of people that follow you on social media. That's the big thing. That's what's turned things around. All right. We'll talk more about that in a bit. That is the Daily Grind. Love having you with us, folks. Daily Fish is live at Facebook. Daily.fish.5 on Mondays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Watch us also on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube and Wingding TV. We're also on Hey Vegas TV. That's at heyvegastv.com and listen to us on Spotify, Apple. Heart Stitcher, and Amazon. All right. Time now for the Daily Fish Hardlines. John Hardison has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting hardline. Welcome back, buddy. I got to tell you, Matthew Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Open, but you nailed the bet with Will Zalateras. Tell me about that.
2: You know what? That was a bet uh, a that I'm super happy about. Um, it was just one of those bets where just kind of looking at, looking at everything that he's been doing, looking at his trajectory. Uh, I kind of pieced it together, and I thought he would have a top five finish. I didn't think that he would take it to the wire as close as he did. But you know, for all the people that were listening, hopefully you cashed out. You got a little extra green in your packet for this week. So you know, uh, come spend it at Shuck's Tavern. We to got fish overnight.
1: <laughs> oh man. What a great blood! I love you, man. I, 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 what a great kiss-ass. I love that. <laughs> you know, this is it. We talk about this. The Stanley Cup playoffs, and Daly will attest to this also, they always give us great drama. But that game the other night, the 7 nothing shellacking by the avalanche, <laughs> I mean, wow. I thought it was an NBA game. No offense, partisan. Um, <laughs> no <laughs> The Lightning have to win tonight. Give me a prop bet. Give me, you know, can can Stamkos and Kucherov get their get out their heads out our asses? What's going on for tonight to keep this series alive?
2: I mean, it's it's been rough. I mean, you're right. The last game when I looked up and it was in the first period and we we're at three goals, I was like, this is not going to be a good game. Um, you know, we've talked about this a lot as i've said before i still think the avalanche are the best team in the nhl i had them winning it all this year you know when we talked about um what we thought the projections were going to be I still have them winning i do think though as hard as it is I, i'm going to hedge tonight i'm going to take the lightning but i'm going to take a plus one and a half at 265 wow. i think that they could possibly make it close um but it, they haven't shown that same grit that we've gone to see and look you know, anytime you're going for three in a row, it's hard. You know, you you lack you have a lack of an offseason, you're not resting as much, you know, you're you're back to back, and I think it's starting to catch up with them a little bit. Uh, one prop that I like tonight, there's gonna be a goal within the first 10 minutes at minus 122. Uh, also the one that I like is uh if if they end up winning uh Nikita at plus one goal, Tampa Bay win at plus three ten. I would hedge that if I'm a better, and I would take Miko at plus one goal with Colorado win at plus 320, just to kind of even it out, just in case something goes sideways with uh, with Tampa Bay. But they're back home. I, I got to believe that this isn't going to be a-, a sweep. I don't think somebody's going to get the broom out right away, but I do think that maybe this goes five games. I know that in the past they've been down 2-0 and they've been able to come back, but, but this yep. isn't the Rangers. This isn't Montreal. This is a very solid team that they've been building in Colorado for quite some time.
0: Yep. No, I agree. Okay. We call that the Harline hedge. That was beautiful. All right. The NBA draft Thursday. Who do you have going first? A lot of people are talking about Jamari,
2: Jabari Smith out of Auburn. I think Jabari is the best pick. I, I got him going at minus minus one seventy-five. I think he's the best prospect, especially looking at what they have going on in Orlando. The last two years they went guard heavy. Uh, they have Jonathan Isaac, but he's been gone for the ACL tear. I don't know what they're going to get out of him. And so I think they're going to you know, hedge at this point. I think you go with Jabari Smith. I think he's the most overall complete player in this year's draft. And then I think second is going to be Chet Holgram. I have a lot of questions about Chet Holgram. Um, yes, he's a tall guy. Yes, he can he can step out a little bit. But in terms of body size and in, in terms of taking that type of punishment down in the paint yeah. where they're going to have him play against guys like Anthony Davis, uh, there's a lot of questions. And, and I don't necessarily know where he's going to be, but I, I would take Jabari Smith first overall.
0: All right. Uh, real quickly on, because I know we texted earlier today, uh, Kyrie, he's going to be up for free agency. Do you think he works it out with the Nets or do you think he hits free agency? And if so, where do you think he goes?
2: Uh, you know, this has been such a rocky marriage between the the Nets and him. Uh, I know that they've tried to help him as much as they could, you know, with the back and forth, give him a lot of mental health aspects in terms of uh, him taking time off. But I think his time in Brooklyn is done. I really think that, they're going to probably sign him and try to trade him, try to get something worthwhile. My guess would be, as of right now, he ends up in L.A. or he ends up across the bridge with the Knicks. Uh, my guess, if he goes to L.A., would probably be the Clippers, just because they're not as cap constraint as the Lakers are, because the Lakers would have to move quite a bit around at least with the Lakers the Clippers it makes a little bit more sense with Paul George Kawhi Leonard and now you're bringing him in as well and he's played for Tyron Lue before in the past who's now the coach of the Clippers I think that makes the most sense but I think his time in Brooklyn's done
1: I'll bet you that in tonight's drought when the NBA draft comes around that there are going to be seven players from overseas taken in the first round you know there are two guys out of Greece, John. There's a kid out of Poland. Yep. There's always, you know, yep. the dirt and the dirt. There's always guys. I I I say around seven. I'll I'll go under seven, but I'll go right at seven.
2: We'll Ooh, go. yeah. Ooh, I'll I'll go under. I'll go under on that. I think that there's a lot of good college prospects this year, um, and there's some coming out next year. And and I know the guy from Kentucky, and I'm drawing a blank right now. They thought he was going to be a top top three, top four pick, and uh, he went back to school. Why I don't know, but uh, you know, it's better to get the money while it's there. But I, I think that it's going to be under seven.
1: Give me a prop bet on Aaron Judge hitting over 60 home runs. He's on fire right now. Yankees are insane. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, they're at 16 out of 17 games. Well, I guess 16 out of 18 now because they lost last night. Uh, games that they've won, uh, he's going to get to 60. I, I got to believe that he's going to get to 60. I think that it's pretty much guaranteed that he's going to get there as long as he stays healthy. That's the biggest thing. As long as he stays healthy, because we're not even an all-star break yet, I think that there's a solid chance of him getting it at 60.
0: Yeah, and 60 is a big number if you're in the Yankees organization, that's for sure. Um, Talk about Fish going to get his Orioles winning bet of 60 games. That seems to be looking better, don't you
2: think? I mean it's it's everything looks better till till the the hall gets a uh you know a hole in it. Uh you know, here's the big thing, Fish. He's he's got 30 right now. And right now they play the Nats, the White Sox, and the Angels, which is doable to get some wins. But after all-star break, they play pretty much all playoff teams. They play the Yankees for a good stretch of time, Toronto for a good stretch of time, and Houston. And they end the series or going into the last part of the season, playing Toronto, I think three or four times so unless uh vladdy jr is gonna sit out about four games uh it's gonna be close it's gonna be close i think that you get to maybe 61 you might just cross the finish line and get there but they they can't (laughs) afford to screw up uh anytime soon i love
0: it
1: i need 30 more wins in 100 games that's 30 percent. correct that's what yep. John Daly and I were picking football games last year. That's why you're on the show.
2: So just do better. <laughs> you, you know they uh, they they still they play in a good division. Even though uh, they, there's a lot of questions, sometimes they play in a, in a pretty solid division. So uh, their their best case scenario is that they sweep Tampa Bay a bunch of times, and uh, they end up at least cracking some with uh, Boston. I don't think they will, but that's their best case scenario. Cause they ain't okay. beating New York. They, I mean, Josh Donaldson, Aaron Judge, and them boys—they, they're not beating them.
0: There we go. All
2: right, and that is the Daily Fish Hardline
0: with John Hardison of the Cost of Winning podcast. You can find him here with us each week. Also, he's on Spotify, Google, and Apple podcast. Thanks, Hardline. We'll see you next week, buddy. See you guys next week. Good screen. All right, you need tomorrow. a break? Golf getaway. The Myrtle Beach Golf Trail has dozens of courses along the Carolina coast. All you got to do is set up an entire trip for yourself, your family, or a bunch of friends. The site is MyrtleBeachGolfTrail.com. You can play there year-round. Now is a great time to come out to the Myrtle Beach Golf Trail. All right. Now, it is something fishy. Fish, what do we have?
1: Well, one of the great aspects of being in the bar business for 41 years is you hear conversations all the time, and you wonder where... These things are going and what's happening. The great thing about all the dating sites that you have right now that we didn't have when we were younger, the Match.coms, all the things, at Harmony, and all that crap, and now you have the greatest one ever. Can you imagine if they had Tinder when you and I were single and younger? We'd be dead, <laughs> <laughs> two corpses. You know, this is now. This is now. This is the new the cancel culture society. This is what dating's like in 2022. Look at this meme. <laughs> <Yeah. I can't. laughs> So have you always been a woman? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I get Match.coms all the time, even late night at Shuck's Tavern. And what I can't stand is that chivalry is dead. That there's there's no gentleman anymore. I can't believe. I, I talked about this when we had yeah. um, Ginger Snaps on when we first started about you know, eighty episodes ago. Where where I don't understand. Man doesn't pay for a woman first date. When you get it, let me tell you something. Gentlemen out there, or men. When you go on a date on a first date and you're set up with a girl, and it's really good, when that bill comes, 100% take it. Don't itemize it and say, well, you had the nachos and the jambalaya, okay, and the stuffed shrimp and a Diet Coke, and I had two drinks, but then you, because you're a credit card, fish, put it down the middle. You're not getting laid. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. I see it too often right now. I don't know what's happening with kids. I'm serious. You know, I, I was raised and you always girl on the date i always did i I'd look say what you want i'm a I, I you know look i'm a jerk i say stupid things but i was raised right that you pay for a woman now woman could pay but i think she pays like when you're in a relationship maybe i'm too old school but something's fishy about i see it nine out of ten times i see bills split down the middle on first dates i don't get it someone young come on leave us a note at dailyfish.com get to me or someone tell me why this is the norm nowadays it's fishy
0: mm-hmm. i agree with you it could also be that women more more women have more jobs that could be the thing maybe they're the ones with the money and you so, know what no we'll
1: bullshit if, if you go on a date with a girl and you don't have a job that's that's a deal breaker right there what do you do for a living well i did drive an uber for like four months but then you know my mom <laughs> wanted me to stay home because she had anxiety and, we loved,
0: and the dog died bullshit
1: you're not getting laid sorry not happening.
0: and there you have it something fishy still ahead folks we've got our schmuck of the week along with who's got the swag and our special guest legendary singer comedian gary mule deer time now for heidi's hollywood she's heidi Holicker, actor and producer who is deep into the entertainment scene with us every week heidi welcome back you've been binging on one of fish's favorites the author about making about the making of the godfather 50 years ago so was fish right Oh, we can't hear you.
1: Can't hear you, honey.
0: I guess I wasn't.
1: <laughs> Do sign language. Well, I, look. Oh, I don't have a uh, Hear me! Go. Go. Oh, we got yep. you! Oh my
3: goodness! All right, let's start over then. Uh, so, with this oh, right? Yes, <laughs> the most right he's ever been <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> about almost <laughs> anything. Yes, this this. Um, uh, I binged this over, over, I'll take this offer now, over three nights, 10 hours, wanted more, wanted more, could not, I was so bummed when it was over. And um, so this 10 part series, The Offer, it is, uh, I, I've said the word brilliant before on this show, and um, I got to elevate that word brilliant because this was so perfectly made. The cast, Miles Teller... Um, Juno Temple, Giovanni Ribisi, Holland Hanks, Matthew Good, who plays Robert Evans, to a T. It is. It is. Every moment, every moment of this series of the ten hours, not one moment is wasted. And just like The Godfather, how not one moment of that film, it, the script on screen, is wasted, and the the series revolves around al ruddy who was the the only producer of the godfather uh part part one the, the original and he won an oscar for producing this brilliant film uh and a little little fun fact he was the last uh he was the last person to ever win for best picture as a solo producer from then on it was always yeah. three people five people you know <laughs> A lot of people, and um yeah, Eric, Eric, boy, Whew.
1: you told me. You told me, and I, I watched this YouTube video with Peter Bart in the in, in, yes. the, in the show. Bob yes. Evans. He's like he's like a script supervisor. Real quick, Peter Bart's interviewing Al Roddy, uh, Al Ruddy, Roddy, yes. Al Ruddy, John, and he said, and Al Ruddy says everything you saw. It was that every day a film should be fun to make. It was a shit show. What he had to deal with, and the way he, the way he. Al, Miles, uh, Miles, Miles Teller killed it, man. Oh yeah. Guy, the, the way this guy multitasked and and you felt like you were him. I mean, talk about if you yes. can. Talk about Heidi, how much you learned and I learned, and don't give it away about the backstories of the people and how the studio just tell people that the that the that Paramount had their own version of who they wanted to play the characters. And the yes. backstory of, of of how this thing got made with the with the mob and and and, and Sinatra was brilliant. Well,
3: well, this, the, the the offer, uh, well, the Godfather. From what we learned from this uh, limited series, it was they didn't want Al Pacino. Al Pacino was a young unknown. He would won to Tony uh, on Broadway, but he was a young unknown actor, and his he was diminutive. I, I've worked with. Mr. Pacino on on the devil's advocate. And he is, he is a powerhouse. He's a powerhouse. It's no matter how tall the man is, but he's, he's, he's shorter in stature. And that was, that was a problem for the studio execs because they needed this character, Michael to be grand and large. And the way Al Pacino played it was so, as we all know, was so close to the vest, so intense, so honest. So it just, Beautiful. You you could not take your eyes off of him. And for Al Ruddy to, to, he pushed this thing through. And every single day it was, yes, a a crazy shit fest. As he, he, something like that, as he says, as Al Ruddy says. Talk about,
1: talk about Anthony, excuse me. Talk about Anthony Ippolito was a guy that played Al Pacino and he had every single inflection of his voice. You're watching Al Pacino, and you are. the, the casting, the guy that played, who was the guy that played, the guy that, I forgot, I can't think of his name. The guy that played Brando was.
3: Yes, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have his name in front of me, but the okay. the guy who played Brando was was perfect. The casting of okay. The Offer was perfection. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything where, like I said, every single character, every single word. The art direction, the makeup, the the, the costumes—literally uh, every moment of this series—you you don't even you, you even wonder, oh my god, how much did this cost to make? This was this was an undertaking, and it it is so powerful. And it as as a producer, I learned so much watching this. And I'm producing something that I shoot next month. And I've you, know, I'm my my producing partner Reed Shelley and I are wearing every single hat. But that's not unusual, and so it's just proving to me that what we're doing is right. We're not involved with the mob, which that's a good thing. We're paying for it ourselves, so that's another good thing. <laughs> but um, it it was yeah. amazing. And um, I,
0: I, I still think you're part of the mob. I think you probably got yeah. something going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, because because we're kind of running out of time. I just want to I just want to tell folks that we're gonna have uh, Arthur, uh, author Mark Seal. He wrote a book called. Uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. It's also about the exact same thing. I read the book and everything you guys are saying, this guy verifies in the book. So it's something we really want to see. Before we go, Heidi, yes. give us one of your six degrees of separation yes. from us and, Thank you. and, the, oh, and the Godfather.
3: Yeah, I'll do it fast. I'll try to give you two. You, The two of you are six degrees of separation from the Godfather. I'm going to qu- quickly, quickly run through this. Quick, okay. Just two of them. So you guys are friends with me. I worked with Nick Cage and Valley Girl who is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, who directed The Godfather. Let me give you another one. Um, You guys are friends with me. I worked at Daily Variety with the editor-in-chief, Peter Bart, who is the Paramount Pictures studio executive who optioned the book, The Godfather, that was then greenlit by studio head, Robert Evans, who hired Francis Ford Coppola to direct the film. I have literally, I actually have seven examples of of this. Uh, The last um, last one, starred in two films directed by Martha Coolidge. Martha's most recent film, I'll Find You, was written by David S. Ward. David S. Ward wrote The Sting, which was sold by my dad, Stu Miller, who still represents David and doing a project now. And my dad was very good friends with Al Reddy for many years, who is the Academy Award winning producer of The Godfather. So yep. you guys are by We're seven right you are there, you are a part of The Godfather, you can't get away from it.
1: One yeah, last thing, she, is, she hit the nail on the head. I was. I told her, I watched this thing, Heidi, I kept looking, I kept pausing and saying, 13 minutes to go, I need more. I only did I that know. with two other series, Heidi, two other series, The Sopranos and Breaking Bad, when I knew it was the last episode, and I was my wife and I were like, we're in tears, give me more.
3: I, I did the exact same thing, I kept checking online, how many more episodes do I have? Oh yay, I have two more hours. Oh, I have one more hour. Oh, I have five more minutes. It, it was uh, literally three nights in a row. That is not yep, what well, I normally do. I don't have that kind of time, but this is worth every minute. Order. All right, look, there it is. It. You can
0: see it on, it's on Paramount Plus. All right. And yes. that is Heidi's Hollywood. Heidi, thank you so much. She's with us every week. Check her out on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Catch you next week.
3: Thank you guys. Mwah. All
0: right. Now it is time for our Schmuck of the Week. Who's been schmucky this week, Fish? This is great. I couldn't
1: find it. I got a bunch of schmucks. I couldn't find it. So I decided to do what we do. And I thought, these, are, these are all the mug shots that we've seen Got went online. These are mug shots of people that, are, that were when they're booked. All right. Check this guy. I'm going to go quick. Look at this guy. you kidding me? That's a mug shot. All right. That's not Gary Mule Deer. That's a mug shot. All right. Check out this guy. That's a mug shot. I'm serious. These are real mug shots. All right. That's what girls look like when they see me naked. <laughs> Look at this! Hey, <laughs> girls, want to get a date? Look at the hickeys on this guy's neck. That's a mugshot. Wow. I'm serious. He's got like 15 hickeys on his neck. I mean, um, unbelievable. I want to. I want Was down below. Looks like. Look at this guy.
0: Oh my That's god! That's
1: fantastic. You can't. You can't really. I mean, wow. Now this chick got in a fight. I'm serious. This, I'm not kidding. Ooh. Look Ooh. at that. Yeah, she got oh a fist fight. Oh. Her head fell up. She looks like she looks like an alien on Star Trek. All right. Yeah. This is a, oh, I can not believe this. One. All right. Talk about you want to see this woman in the dark alley. Right. No way. No. OK. I mean, wow. And this is this is a this is actually a mugshot. They had a thing of people that look like they're happy. Who's happy getting a mugshot? Look at that. You know. Hi. Wow. This is my fourth DUI. I'm so happy. I hit a pole. <laughs> I ruined my seventh car. <laughs>
0: Schmucks. Absolutely. All right, Fish. Let's see who's got the swag for this week. Who are we toasting?
1: I love this guy. I absolutely love this guy. I love this guy's humor and I can find him. Oh, I don't think I don't think I have him in the thing. He didn't he didn't oh he didn't come through. All right, you well it's me. Dave Chappelle. It's Dave, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is a guy that oh, you know what I did? I actually deleted him. I, I hate TikTok. I like it when we're on audio. <laughs> hey, folks, we're on Stitcher and iHeart, all this bullshit we talk about. We have bigger ratings on audio. <laughs> Dave Chappelle is was just, um, well, let me read it. I got it. He, he went to he, in the Duke Ellington School of Arts in Washington, D.C. They renamed his performance theater after him. And, okay. I, and he's gone through a lot. We talked about transgenders earlier, but he's brilliant on stage, and he does a lot for people in the business. He teaches comedy schools, like our, our, our friend of the show, Tony Visick. And I'm giving him swag because you know what? He entertains me. Uh, I
0: love it. All right. Let's use our drink of the week. For our good buddy Dave Chappelle. And we're gonna to toast to him. What are we sipping here, Fish? The skinny margarita. Ah. You know, as opposed to a fat margarita. You mm-hmm. know, tequila, splash
1: of OJ, squeeze in two lines, ice ice it and sip it. Great drink for the summer. Uh, you know, we're we're heating up, so what are you gonna do? Get, Absolutely. Get, get the ice on you, kids.
0: There you go. Cheers. Cheers to Dave Chappelle. All right. Daily Fish Love Drink them. of the Week is sponsored by Shucks Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shucks Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town where fish is overnight. Say Daily Fish podcast, you get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. Check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook. All right, let's bring in our special guest, legendary comedian and country singer, Gary Mule Deer. Gary, welcome to Daily Fish. Nice to be here. Great listening to you. Good. Well, Thanks. great to finally have you on here.
4: You've been so darn busy. Well, by the way, before I forget, I've been a Yankee fan for seventy-two years. Wow. Yeah, started listening to him on the radio in South Dakota. Still with them. I can't believe what's going on now. We've got the yeah. new guys: Rizzo, Gallo. We got Kino, and Falefa. Holmes is crazy. Nestor, everybody. I'm pretty excited. Well, you know, Gary, I, what
1: was it like to What was it like to see
4: Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig play? <laughs> you know what. <laughs> I was so busy, I just came out of the Civil War. And, uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten into sports yet. And, uh, speaking of sports, John, we used to do the Kraft Nabisco. Yeah. Craft Nabisco and yeah, and it was the dinosaur craft Nabisco. Yep. I remember the first time that I was called by Terry Wilcox for my practice round. He said you're going off at 7:30. You're uh you're gonna be going off with, with Johnny Unidas. Uh, John Havlicek and Joe DiMaggio. Is that all right? Wow. The worst (laughs) shot i ever hit in my life. (laughs) But I got to be great friends with DiMaggio, Berra, all these guys, Whitey Ford, you know, guys I worshiped and grew up with. It's, It's just a dream come true for me, man. And I'll tell you one more thing before I forget this. I became really good friends with DiMaggio. I had dinner with him every year when we came back to do that while he was still playing. And one night he said to me, you know why I like you? I said, why? He said, because you never asked about her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I didn't. And that's that was it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean you you hear stories of people kind of razzing him about her and he goes he goes ballistic. So but yeah, as long as you respect that and respect that of him. Uh you know, one of the great stories I heard about Joe DiMaggio was from Michael Horowitz, who worked with me, and it was the uh nineteen eighty nine earthquake. And everybody was, you know, they had to go in lines, and right. you know, they had to get food and all that. And Horowitz is walking down there with the camera, and all of a sudden, he sees at the end of the line Joe DiMaggio standing in line to get water or something like this. He goes, "Mr. DiMaggio, what are you doing? You, you could go to the." He goes, "No, I'm a citizen here. I'm doing the exact same thing." And I thought that's the essence of Joe DiMaggio, and I think that's, that's what right. you saw too. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Uh, hey, tell us about. You are breaking records at the Grand Old Opera.
4: You hold the record for the most appearances, right? I have oh here it is. I'm the old I'm the oldest break, not I'm the oldest regular non member working. It's what I wow. am. I just did my 125th Opry about two weeks ago. And wow. I'll be doing no, there's been lots of wow. lots of operas. But I'm the oldest regular non member. Actually, I've been to, you know, I do, I guess I've probably done 50 or 60 this the past year, yeah. And wow. it's a dream come true, man. For me, this is where I belong. This is, uh, this is it's, it's back to families again. I like for families. And uh, they don't like four-letter words. I don't do four-letter words, except my name's three four-letter words. My wife's need is a four-letter <laughs> word. I golf and I fish, those are four-letter words. I joke, I sing, I talk, I pick, I play. Those are four-letter words. Cash, Johnny was my musical influence. Jack, Benny was my comedy influence. So I got a lot of four-letter words in my life without using four-letter words. Does that and sense? You're on daily
1: four-letter words. I'm on daily, I can come words.
4: on, that's right I'm daily on daily
1: four-letter okay. words. And
4: fish. There we go. That's it, right there. What else? Is that the program? Good night. Oh, that's the program. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm seven.
1: So- Al, Al Lewis. Al Lewis just called me from the monsters. He wants his hair back. But I said, <laughs> there, there
4: "You hold, you 20, guys. I've got Patty Page on the other line." <laughs>
0: So, um,
4: when you play the Grand old opera, do you get a chance to play golf? I play once in a while. I haven't played that much. I played yesterday and played brilliant for, for nine holes. But like I told you before, I'm one year older than Bugs Bunny. I'm two years younger than Porky Pig. I hit from the red tees. I mean, from the red tees, I'm about a 23, okay? From the gold tees, I'm about a 25. The whites, I'm about a 28. From the blues, I'm about probably a 30. And from the blacks, I just try to get it past the reds. That's (laughs) me.
0: So you don't have to show that you're a man. 145 to
4: 150 yard drive straight down the middle. I'm never in trouble. I just have to have a good short game because it's just it's just not there anymore. Yeah, John, I didn't start playing golf until I was until I was 47. Another four letter word. I, I traded golf. I traded Coke for golf. When I came out of rehab and needed a new addiction, I took up golf. That was forty, I was forty-seven when I took it up. And it saved my life. And a lot of other guys and friends of mine, the same thing. Alice Cooper's a good example. We came Let's out look at John. We needed it. Look at yeah.
1: John. John Hey Gary, excuse me. John, four little word. John traded porn for
4: golf. <laughs> he's famous for that. And he's married to a Terry, right?
0: So that's, that's right.
4: D E R I, absolutely. Right. Yeah. This has got to be the show. We can't, we can't surpass, we can't do anything. It's a four, either. it's a four letter word show. Hey,
0: talk about talk about the fact that your comedy is still standing up. Um, we've talked to we've had other comedians on and they said it's it's a difficult time out there now because of cancel culture. You got to be careful what you say. Do you have do you see
4: any of that? Do you have to worry about that? I don't, but I would if I was doing the same act I was doing in the 70s. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I a lot of things that I that I can't say now in my regular show now when I do a ninety minute show, I do things that I can't do anymore, which I which I have a section of about ten minutes things I can't do anymore than I do them, and uh, it works it great. But there's just it's been that way forever. You know, I remember the Steve Martin in his book quoted one of my his favorite line of mine, which is, "Female, uh, I said, you think we should put pictures of missing sites on cards of half and half? Well." We can't do that anymore. Plus, two two transvestites rode into the opera and were really pissed. So, <laughs> that was gone. <laughs> that was the last of it. The one before that, I think, was Siamese twins moves to London. It's the other one can drive for a while. I mean, that one. After that, after that, that was the last move. But that's as wild, that's as wild as I get. I mean, literally, you know. But I, we can't do that stuff anymore, and I understand. I I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a G-rated comedian. I never know. I work every night like my grandmother's in the front row. Honest to God. That's how I've yeah. always worked. And I think that's why I'm still working. And I like to have kids come up to me and say, we've never watched Dad and Mom laugh like that. And then folks come up and say, we've never laughed at our with our kids before. they usually hate what the kids are doing, laughing at. The kids hate what the folks think are funny. So some way I bridge the gap. I don't want to think about it too much. It just works. I just kind of let it go. You know? How about those so, Yankees? So talk about talk about a, a little bit about
0: politics, because um you you always in your routine you, you pull out a newspaper and you
4: read yeah. from the headlines. Do you have do you still do that? Or and if you do, do, do you have to worry about that? I've got a ton of stuff. I uh you know my grandpa, this okay, this is one of the two biggest reactions I get in my show when I say grandpa always said, I see grandpa, you're very political. He said all politicians should serve just two terms, one in office and one in prison. Now this gets a huge This gets a huge, everybody is in on it. I'm working for 4,500 people at the Opry and they're all going crazy, but they're not all going crazy for the same reason. We got half of them thinking about lock her up. The other ones are doing something else but they're all clapping at the same time. I've got this, I think I've got politics figured out. I think I've got it figured out. You Tell me what you think. My son was flunking out of college. I said, I'm gonna choose the woman for you to marry. He said, no. I said, she's Bill Gates' daughter. He said, okay. I called Bill Gates and said, I want your daughter to marry my son. He said, No. I said, He's the CEO of World Bank. He said, OK. I called the president of World Bank and said, I want you to make my son the CEO. He said, No. I said, He's Bill Gates' son in law. He said, OK. <laughs> what else do you have to say? You know? I like it. How it works. It works. Yeah. It works. yeah. It works. I like it.
1: Are, are, I like are, it. You, are, are you pissed off, Gary, that, we, that you, as a comedian, you've done it so long and, and you've been so successful? That comedians nowadays feel like they have to they have to censor themselves and they we got to watch out if you say something that hurts someone's feelings. You know yeah. what? I mean it. It's 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 just
4: it's a joke. It, it, it's it's all a joke. it is. It is a joke. I know. I don't. You know. I don't hang with a lot of comedians. I always hung out with musicians. I was I always went right from the comedy store down to the Sunset Strip and hung out with the guys, the doors or whatever it was or guys. Oh. I always gravitated toward funny musicians the funniest person I've ever known in my life was Roger Miller Roger Miller was the fastest really? oh my God, I mean really if you talk about he was like Robin Williams times four because he didn't he was he was just everything was just going he never stopped I mean Roger was just unbelievable yeah the, the, i I just with him he just wow, I don't know, and you look well, up Roger Millerisms. you won't believe some of the things yeah. he said you know some of the things he can, always always said. Can you tell us? And he, well, also he had brilliant things like, he wrote a song like The Last the last Word in Lonesome Is Me. I mean, stuff like that, but I mean, but he also had these great, these great things. He was, he. we lost him at 56 years old. And the last yeah. couple of weeks of his life, him and his wife, Mary had rented a place out in Malibu and he's sitting out there with Willie Nelson and they're sitting out there in this incredible sunset. And Mary said, he turned to Willie and Roger said, can you imagine what God could have done if he had a little money? Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he ran into Ray Stevens at the airport. Ray said, Where have you been? Roger said played Kansas City last night, beat him six to three. I mean, boom, it was just one thing. <laughs> he never he would walk up to a thermometer and go, Oh God, I lost 80 pounds. I mean, you know, a thermostat on the wall, and it's stuff like that. There's just wow. so many things. My favorite one of my favorite things, he said, is his mother's cooking was so bad that every year all the natives from South America would make a special trip up here just to dip their arrows in her gravy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that. You know, that's, I take my grandpa, my, my, I said my grandmother, you know, it's really something. I said one time, I said, Grandma, you see a little pill bottle lying around here on the label in big letters that says LSD? And she, she said, well, no, I haven't. And then she said, did you see that dragon in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, Gary, yeah. how did you transition? Because
1: you've been around so long. Yeah. You opened up for Charlie Chaplin. So you had the silent thing going on. What did you open up for your
4: great, great voice to yours? I always reinvent myself. I've always reinvented myself. <laughs> I'm starting out in Deadwood, South Dakota by myself. The first night in comedy, first night I was in comedy, I knew 10 Johnny Cash songs, three chords. I'm sitting at the Buffalo Bar. There's eight people in the audience. I play my first song. And when I go to the B7th chord, I miss it. And the eight people that have been ignoring me the whole time just stop doing what they're doing and look at me. So I just tell a joke. So then they go back to talking again. I play some more. And as soon as I would make another mistake, I would tell a joke. I did this for 45 minutes. I was hired to do three 45 minute shows that night. Between shows, I played the pinball machines. They paid off at that time, not for me. I was making $15 a night. By the end of the night, I'd lost 12 of my 15 bucks. So there's a lady sitting at the bar, right? And she says, "What are you going to do now?" I said, "I don't know." She said, "Come with me." From 1876 to 1977, over the Deadwood, over the Main Street in Deadwood, they had brothels. She took me up to the Pine Rooms and put me in a little place with my microphone and my guitar, and and uh, I did my Johnny Cash songs, told jokes to all the guys who were waiting to see the girls. We had the miners from the Homestake Mine. We had the oil riggers coming from Montana. We had the guys from the sheep herders out of Eastern Montana. We had uh, We had all these guys coming in, the cowboys. We had Ellsworth Air Force Base was fifty miles away. The place was crazy. So about four o'clock in the morning, I I, I knocked off at the Buffalo Bar. One by four, I'm I'm kind of fading. She walks up and gives me a little pill, about a little black pill about this long. You can see this, and it's solid dextrodrine. I'm still playing my guitar at noon the next day.
0: (laughs) I can imagine.
4: Oh my god! yeah, we can't let them go on this
1: one. What's it like playing a guitar outside of a room with a guy with a girl in a
4: brothel? I, I was mean, in the I, I was what, in, what do you say to them when you hear the noises and stuff? I was like in the, the reception life. room and it was probably I was just in the area where they came in and paired off. I was just oh, I, okay. I, I, the guys were waiting. I just did that. And after I got through, the lady said, No, it's four at noon the next day. She said one of the girls kind of liked you. I went out and I sat, I talked to her for 30 minutes until finally she said, You know, I gotta get back to work. I was really speedy. So that's, so my first night in show business, guys, I got into music, comedy, gambling, drugs, and brothels. All five food groups. The first night wow. in show business. Yeah. Wow. And that's, uh,
0: you, you got to write. The, the, that's going to be the title of your book.
4: My book is Show Business is My Life, but I Can't Prove It. Anyway, that's the, the name of my, the name of the documentary they're doing on me. That's what it's called. Show Business wow. is My Life, but I Can't Prove It. Ongoing six years. They're still working on it. Following me yeah. around, yeah. All right,
0: great stuff. We're talking to Gary Mule Deer here, and um, so you've you've actually performed with like the Doobie Brothers, Sly and the Family Stone. Guess who? Yeah, I figured it
4: out. Over a hundred uh, pop and country performers. Over a hundred now. Going back to wow. the Everly Brothers, going everybody from from Willie Nelson to Frank Sinatra, literally. literally. And I'm the only guy I think that ever. The only act that ever worked with Willie Nelson and Frank Sinatra in the same night. I really, that's me. Wow. Because in 1983, I think I got a call from Steve Wynn and Frankie Randall, who is the head of the entertainment at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. They knew I'd be up because they knew my habits. Three in the morning, they said, we're opening the crystal ballroom. We're going to have Frank open. We're going to close the curtain, strike the orchestra and put up Willie's band. We want you to be out front of the curtain until we get Willie's band up, and then they'll open the curtain. You get off, and Willie will play for two hours. And that's what we did for for three nights. Wow! Wow! Yeah, you, brought, you,
1: brought, uh, you brought up the Everly Brothers and and my mom and and people. Oh. They, now I want you to tell people out there, the younger audience, because Elvis and Sinatra looked at these guys and said, "These this is the pinnacle of singing and and and, right. and, and ballads." Talk about those guys and what they meant as far as when you watched them.
4: The Everleys were unbelievable. I mean, working with people like the Everly Brothers was was amazing. I mean, besides, I told you, like I work with people like Roger Miller, Gordon Lightfoot, but of the greatest songwriters ever. I mean, yes, on then I was out later with the Dewey Brothers. I was out with the Guess Who. I was out with War. I mean, this was a good way for me, Sly and the Family Stone. I mean, this is, you know, when you go out and work with those ladies, everything else is pretty much, you can pretty much, uh, you don't worry about the audience anymore. I never worry about the audience anymore. They're going to go either go one way or the other and they always do. And that's kind of the way it is with me. I'm uh, I don't really get hecklers. I don't get hecklers. I have a couple of heckler lines ready in case they ever heckle me. I've been holding on to them forever and then I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Nobody heckles me. It's weird. I, you know. I <laughs> and you comics young guys come up to me and say, "Can you give me any tips?" And I always say this. I know it's corny, but I just say, don't say anything unless it's funny. I mean, that's the way I grew up. That's what I do, <laughs> and that's that's all I can tell you. I don't want to go up there and not say something. I, I'd be horrified if they didn't think it was funny. That's kind of the way I am. And you know, I uh, I figured out every woman's dream, your wife, your wife might like this. I don't know if you're married or not, but I know Terry will like this. I think every woman's dream is to have a man walk up, pick her up in his arms, carry her into the bedroom throw her down on the bed, and then clean the entire house while she sleeps. <laughs> my grandmother would like that. What's the, Gary, what's the dirtiest joke you've ever told? Dirtiest joke I've ever told is what I do. In my, this is as wild as I get. Honest to God, this is it. I In my show, this is as wild as I get. I guy calls up his boss and says, I'm sick. His boss says, what's wrong? The guy says, I have anal glaucoma. His boss says, what's that? And the guy says, really can't see my ass coming into work today. And that's not <laughs> that even really dirty, but I mean, that's about as wild as I get. I mean, that's really it. I used to do the F word in my shows In uh, once in a while. I would do it in, in my club shows back in the... By the way, I headlined comedy clubs for 25 years. Headlined, never did stand up, and nobody noticed. I was an entertainer, comedian, musician jokes, whatever. I never did stand up. And I just, you know, until I got to start doing other things and got away from the clubs after a while, where who were we talking about? I've totally lost my train of thought.
0: Well, let, 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 me, let me ask you this. Cause I know in, when we would talk about 15 years ago, you were actually thinking about just doing a straight Johnny Cash
4: show. I did. I did that for a while. I, I did. did line, for a while. I would do all Johnny Cash. I did the show a couple of times. I would do his music and then tell the history of each song and do it like that. My first time on stage was the 1956, first time I ran away from home. I was in Yellowstone Park working as a busboy. There was a bartender there named Bill Bozarth. He had a big Gretsch guitar. He could play one song, and I knew how to sing it. Johnny Cash's Big River. And we would go on our day off to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to the Wart Hotel, to the Silver Dollar Bar. I would sing that song. Bill would play it. We'd get a couple of free drinks. About two hours later, we'd sing the song again, get another couple of drinks, then get some food, then drive back to Yellowstone. And uh, that's my first time on stage. It was 56. And I didn't really get interested in it until about 59. And I decided, you know, I'm hand digging graves with a puck and pick and shovel with another guy. About the end of my fifth year as a freshman in Black Hill State Teachers College. By the way, I have the record there. I was a seven-year freshman. I had thirty-three incompletes and an A in archery, and uh, <laughs> and I thought there's got to be something. I better concentrate on this guitar. That's when I learned the chords. Went to the Buffalo Bar, and that's how it started. But that's I, I tried every other job you could think of. I'll tell you something real quick. My dad gave me a movie theater when I first got married. When I was twenty-three years old, you know how I blew that one. My sister and I and my and my uh, my Manager in the middle of Alfred Hitchcock's *The Birds* threw three live pigeons from the balcony into the open. <laughs> Okay? Is that true? That's true. Absolutely That's exactly <laughs> true. There's, people today. They're like they're, they 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 think they were there. Like they all claim they were there. Like everybody in Spiritfish claims they were there that night. Like everybody <laughs> thought they were there when Bobby hit the shot, hit round, heard around the world. Right? Everybody claims there was the invited here that night. Well, they weren't. There were only about fifty people. But yeah, that's oh,
1: if, if you did that today, did that today, sue? people would sue you, they oh, would sue you because
4: yeah. their anxiety dogs in their purse had yeah. a heart attack. Exactly. You know? The anxiety. Oh God, I see anxiety animals on, on airplanes. I fly all the time. Drives me crazy. And I'll tell you what's really driving me crazy is the size of people anymore. I'm sorry, folks. No matter what you say, the number one problem in this country is obesity and that's it. And it's just going like, and I see people the size of Volkswagens with their little kids, and their kids are going to be the same way. They don't have a chance in hell. It just doesn't. It's crazy to me. When I hear people say, when I hear people across from me or behind me say, I need another extension belt. I need another one. Yeah. Okay. Then you know. And that's just one example. Let's talk well, about something. happy. Let's talk some about people
1: can. it. Some people can't help it, but you're right. No, you they know. can't. We've got, we, we got a problem with a lot of things in this country. Oh, the yeah. great thing we do have is yeah. we have people like you that make us laugh. I'm always an advocate, and Daly yeah. is too. Uh, if you can make someone laugh once a day, you've done something good. Do. That's what I yeah. try to do.
4: That's what I try to do. You do. It. You
1: do. You've, you've
4: done it. Yeah. You made You're, you you made Hitler laugh. <laughs> That's how long <laughs> he's been around. Kevin, yeah, yeah, I had Spear get up and walk out of a show once, and I never really got over it. <laughs> Hey, Gary, we've got, we got
0: about two minutes left. One yeah. of the best parts of your act is lyrics we totally get wrong in songs. Give like, me one or two of your best.
4: Just call me angels. and I've got, just have, I just happen to have a guitar right here. As you can see, I've got a, uh-huh. mine's like a steel trap. See this? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, a couple of months ago, a girl rode by me on a bicycle. I yelled cow. She turned around and flipped me off. Then she hit the cow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, the wrong words? This isn't really tuned up. Uh, Just call me angel of the morning. Angel, just brush my teeth before you leave me, baby. Things like that. Yeah. (laughs) Time to leave me, Lucille. 400 children, cops in the field. And... Walter, the fire engine guy you know stuff like that actually, <laughs> i actually got the lead singer of, of those of those guys that said, they, they gave me credit for it i was the guy to come with slow motion walter and the worst one of all was the beach boys well since she put me down there have been owls puking in my bed <laughs> that's what i heard <laughs> That is that is probably your best. That was definitely probably your best. Self-driving car technology or this automotive technology we're reading about, how vehicles are gonna drive themselves. Yeah, it's inspired me to write a country song. I haven't finished it, I'll tell you what it's about. It's about a guy whose dog stays, his wife stays, but his pickup leaves him. (laughs) (laughs) See, we can be clean here.
0: Oh, you oh. can definitely be clean. You, there's oh. there's no doubt about that. So, Gary,
4: uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, do you, are uh, you, I know you with, still, Johnny Mathis, right? This weekend with Johnny Mathis in Newark, New Jersey, that I'm going out doing four, four, uh, four, uh, ro- ro- four Grand Ole Oprys next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, wow. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And we're getting close to this documentary these guys have been working on. John, everybody on this documentary from Leno, Letterman, Alice Cooper, Conan uh, O'Brien, Steve Martin, all these people past my life of all they've done, half hour interviews with everyone, starting with my life here and my following everything I've ever done all through my my 35 year sobriety now, everything. So it's pretty. Wow. You know,
0: uh, Gary, I got to apologize because I know we talked about this maybe about a year ago. This has been going on for two or three years, right?
4: It's been going on for almost six years. They've almost been They're still not. Finished. I, we got to get soon. We got to do something because I'm, you know, I've got, haven't got that much time left. What time is it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, you, 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 you got, you got plenty, of, you got plenty of time. Don't worry about of it. Many yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. We've been talking to Gary Mule Deer to see where he's performing and what's going on with Gary. He's got a website. It's very difficult to remember. GaryMuleDeer.com. Fish wanted to know: Is that really your name?
4: No, I changed him My real name is Elizabeth Mule Deer.
0: That's what I figured.
4: Okay.
0: <laughs> hey, Gary, thank you so much, buddy. She's we got to right have it. you back on again because there's a lot of things we didn't talk about. Oh, yeah. We
4: got a lot to talk about. Enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. All
0: right. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank Gary Mule Deer, everybody. Thank- again, GaryMuleDeer.com. All right. Coming up, Fish and I are going to wrap things up. We're going to give you a sneak peek at what's coming up next week. First, though, we want to tell you about to check out Hope for the Warriors. They have a big celebrity golf event coming up August 27th to the 29th. It'll be in Wallace, North Carolina. That's near Wilmington, North Carolina. Fish and I are planning on being there. Hope for the Warriors works with our military warriors who were wounded. They get them healthy, so they're part of their families and their community. It's a great charity, and it's a great event as well. And hopefully you're going to see us there as well. That is Hope for the Warriors. Dot org. And folks, thanks for being with us. Remember, Daily Fish is live from Vegas and Myrtle Beach on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We're on Facebook at daily.fish.5, plus the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Catch us on YouTube and Wingding TV. We're also on Hey Vegas TV. And all you got to do is go to Hey, H E Y, Hey Vegas TV.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Write to us at DailyFish1, the number one, at gmail.com. And, uh, hey, Fish, next week uh, we have actress Romy Rosemont. She was in Million Little Things, Big Sky, Glee. She was also in a great film back in the early 2000s called An American Crime. Uh, And so she's also married to uh, our good buddy, Stephen Root. So uh we're gonna have her, and she's as funny and as prolific as Stephen is as well. So uh hey, another great show, huh? God, God, the guy was brilliant,
1: fantastic. I I I I'm I, my wife's in the room dying laughing. This guy is <laughs> terrific. Just what a great delivery, what a great guy. You know, I mean I would love to play well, golf with him. How do you play well, golf with this guy take a straight face?
0: Uh, you know, it's difficult, but I've I've actually played golf with him a number of times. I can always remember the first, I, I went to Bob Gowen's celebrity golf event and I had never met Gary. Gary was headlining there. And I remember Kevin Lockery, who was an NBA uh, basketball player and coach. Remember, he's literally sliding down his chair. He's laughing so hard at Gary. And, I, and Bob Gowen says, he's the funniest man in the world. And I go, you know what? He is the funniest man in the world. And fortunately there was about three or four other celebrity golf events that were happening right after that and we were flying on the same flight and that's how gary and i became good friends so he's just he's one of the best one of the nicest guys uh you'll meet and, in person and y- you got to go to him you got to go see you him. Know,
1: you, you know sometimes you throw up and you swallow it we the joke about the side <laughs> of his cat, the cat. he says so they can go to london you know people everyone they drive on the other side of the you know that the, the the steering wheel is on the on the right side in london they drive <laughs> the other side of the road you ever driven in london and i have drunk that's that's something fishy yep
0: not no, me definitely all right great. we got another great show next week uh fish another good one pal so uh yeah you
1: got it huddy's on you got to watch the offer john i i, I got i yeah. gotta get you I I, I I i want it i want more i want more yeah. i want more of everything i want Maybe I'll get rid of you and put Jerry Mulder in the host of the show. That would be great, you know?
0: It would be funnier.
1: Uh, how about get rid of me and put him in there, and <laughs> what could I do? What could I do? Maybe I could do.
0: There's a lot of things I could do.
1: a lot of things I could do. I could do – well, I could be the guy in the brothel when he's when he's outside oh. doing the, Yeah, There you go. Good stuff, buddy. Go.
0: All right, pal. Good job, and we'll see you all next week.